1: It's the echo room Ba-do-da-da. The echo room does don't sound too echo to me Well, because I've gone into a different room <laughs> <laughs> I've gone into another room, darling Oh, darling Gone into the sitting room now oh. And it's rather beautiful And I don't often sit in the sitting room It's the cold Christmas room So actually, it's rather nice to be able to do this. Oh, how wonderful. Yes, it is. Long hot days in the shade of some big old tree Making daisy chains and watching all the honey bees Hey up, Jane, oh, it's
0: so nice to be back. Series four, who'd have thought? I uh, know,
1: series <laughs> four, we've been doing it for over a year now. I know, isn't it wonderful? Uh, yes, uh. and I've missed not being able to come to the hive, Esther. And I know that it's honey season, isn't it? So Ooh, yeah. I am so desperate to get up there and just. Gobble up all your honey. Well, you'd
0: have a job because there's (laughs) so much you'd never get through it in one session. I've got about four supers. Have you? Yeah, yeah. They've been so busy. And and actually, it's interesting because, you know, in a way, the spring sort of started quite late in the end. After that early, nice, warm weather where the bees built up. And then remember, it went really, really cold. cold. Yeah, and then they went a bit defensive because obviously they just couldn't get to the nectar. And then now the spring flowers came out quite late and then the summer flowers are, are, are coming out. So there's usually in June, you say there's a June dearth mm. because there's like a lack of forage for the bees. But there is no lack of forage because I'm imagining that this is going to be a bumper season for a
1: lot of beekeepers. Well, I know it is for us. Well, it's interesting because my garden is absolutely full of colour. Yeah, All the roses are out, the office. Is it Cianothis or Cianosis? I thought it was Cianothis. This, Yeah, I think it's C-N-O-this. Yeah, but you know what my uh,
0: pronunciations
1: are like. They're not too good. No, I think it's Cianothis. Yeah. You're right. And um, I've got a lovely Japonica Ooh. called Zambuca. Oh, like the drink. Yes. Everything's beautiful. However,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't think I've seen one honeybee in my garden. Mm-hmm. I've only seen a mass. Of bumblebees, lots and lots of bumblebees all over. Wow. But no honeybees. Explain.
0: Oh, wow, that's amazing, isn't it? But And I know that I have seen honeybees in your garden, so I'm assuming that the local beekeeper near you has given up or lost their bees somehow, like us, like we did last year. So oh. that's probably the case. Oh. But it's great for the bumblebees who are, you know, natural to the area, I mean, a lot of these honeybees that we've been bringing in, some of them have come, you know, in packages, as we know, and and we know that there's rather a lot of honeybees in London. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's great for these bumblebees and solitary bees to have their own space on the flowers, because, of course, if the honeybees get going on the flowers, they sometimes can be quite forceful and push those bumblebees off. So it's giving them a bit of respite, I guess. Mind you, it is nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see the honeybees too, (laughs) but we don't need to worry too much because there's loads of honeybees everywhere. I know
1: there's stacks in my garden. Just remind me as well about um, bumblebees and what they actually, they don't make honey, but what is it that they make? Well, so we know
0: that, Apis mellifera, the honeybee, is the only one that makes honey. And we've got about seven types of honeybees Mm. over the whole world, different shapes and sizes, and they live in different size colonies. And the one we've got, Apis mellifera, is the one that makes quite big colonies of 50,000. And so they can collect rather a lot of nectar Mm. and turn that into honey for their winter supplies when there's no forage but the bumblebees and the solitary bees they don't make honey the little fluffy round mm. ones and that we see they still collect nectar and you still see them with their baskets of pollen but what they do is they make more of a sort of a little paste or a it's sometimes known as bee bread it's like a mixture of pollen and nectar, and that's what they're feeding their young on and eating themselves in their colony of up to about 400 with the bumblebees.
1: Is there an actual queen bumblebee?
0: Yes, it's just the same. So there's queens. There is. Yeah, there's queen Ooh. but a queen bumblebee, and she's the one that hibernates over the winter. A bit like sometimes you might notice if you, over the winter, you went to get some compost out for your Christmas hyacinths or something like that you might disturb a queen bumblebee in the compost. A bit like sometimes you might see a queen wasp hiding behind your curtains at home. Oh. So it's like that. So they just hibernate all winter mm-hmm. and then they start the process first thing in spring.
1: And is she bigger than the rest of the bees, like the queen honeybee? Yeah,
0: yes. So she's bigger and uh, more bumbley, And that's how she goes. And then in the spring, she's... This is when we need our bumblebee expert, Alison Benjamin. I think that queen is already mated from the season before, so she'll crack on laying eggs first thing. Mm. Then maybe they'll make another queen at the end of the season Yeah, so when you see all those bumblebees, some of them are living in a a colony. Well, it could be, depending on what type of bumblebee they are, anything up to about 400 bumblebees.
1: Right. Yeah. In a tree or in in compost, like you say? At the stump of trees, on the
0: ground. You know, sometimes you see them just flying into a little bit of brickwork or a little hole where there's a pipe or a bird box or, or anything. I've got them on the plot at the moment under one of my old hives. So I've got Hmm. um, a hive just sort of stored, you know, and it's empty and it's got a lot of undergrowth growing up, you know, underneath it. And I noticed there was a bumblebee nest under there. And when I actually opened the hive the other day just to sort out a few bits of equipment, I saw that there was millions of bumblebees in this hive. So they must have all been nesting underneath. All
1: right. I had a bumblebee nest years and years ago in my garden, Mm -hmm. and obviously I didn't want to hurt it. So I called um, the NSPCC.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jane, you uh, are being uh, silly. It's not the NSPCC, is it? It's the RSPCA. Now, you should know that, Jane. You're very, very clever normally.
1: I know, but they're children, though, aren't they, bumblebees? They are little children. Well, in your mind, they're very
0: fuzzy-wuzzy and little round, fluffy things. They do look like children, but they're not actually. They're all grown-ups, especially the ones that are flying around.
1: <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they said, actually, sprinkle some Dettol on the uh, nest mm-hmm. and that will get rid of them. They'll just move. But you won't hurt them. Oh, dettol.
0: That's what the NSPCC said. <laughs> yes. Oh, they know well all about bees. Who, yeah. who else
1: would I have called? Who else would I have called? Yeah.
0: But um, usually, if you're patient with a bumblebee nest, you know it's always gone
1: by the end of the summer. It's never
0: really a problem. I
1: think it was near a sand pit, and the kids were playing around the sandpit, so I just didn't want any of them to get stung. Yeah. But it's so lovely now. When a bee approaches me, I was doing my five rhythms dance uh, yesterday in the park, and a bee, and again it was a bumblebee, came and just sort of floated around me. was, I I felt it was dancing with me. Oh, that's so nice, isn't it? So nice to actually say, hey. Are you enjoying this dance? Yeah, well,
0: they love a dance, <laughs> don't they? They love a dance. They really do. They love yeah, flapping they their wings and joining in. Were you dressed in yellow?
1: Uh, no, I wasn't, actually. What was I dressed in? Pink, I think.
0: Oh, well, they probably were attracted to the bright colours and probably smelt so nice. The thing with bumblebees that I've noticed, like I remember once I was walking under a tree and it was full of uh, orange blossom, you know, the mock orange blossom, mm. and I banged my head I had my hair up in a bunch, and I banged my head on on the on the the flowers, and a bumblebee fell down and went down my cleavage. Oh! And it stung me in the bra. Yeah. It wasn't a big sting. It was only a little mm-hmm. one, and then. When I got to work, it must have still been in my bra. And it flew out, and it flew out, and it was and it flew right up to the ceiling to try and get out. There was windows, it was like mm. a roof thing, and yeah. I couldn't reach the window to let, let it out. But it was there for a few days, so it, well, it didn't leave its sting in me, it
1: just gave me a little bit of a prick. It was probably having a good time in your bra. <laughs> Thinking, "Oh, this is rather nice. <laughs> These two big mountains... <laughs>
0: Well, you know it's funny, but that's that's the sort of way you can get stung by a bumblebee just by accident, really. Because you know they are they are a bit heavy, aren't they? And they can sort of plop into your clothes like that. And off it plopped right in between my my two mountains.
1: <laughs> well, if it's not in your mountains, it's down the other end. I know. I've had quite, I've had quite a bit of luck, haven't I, in that
0: department?
1: You have
0: on the b plot it's all been action stations i've been checking just to see whether we've had any swarms and we haven't you know and i did one one sort of check um i've done two checks i think since i saw you so um there was no queen cells i need to do another check this week But, yeah, everybody's just going, uh, collecting the honey, and I keep putting on another super every time I go up. So I think I've got four or five supers on there now. And then I think I told you about my friend gave me some bees from his garden in Wood Green and Mm -hmm. um when i got back he gave me all these frames because he was trying to get his colony to to split the colony but anyway Mm -hmm. what happened was he didn't give me any eggs and there was no queen in there and so after a couple of weeks i thought oh not much is happening in here so i put a frame of eggs in from another hive and now they've Mm. made their own queen they've got brood and they're really happy so they're going along nice oh good and then i think since i saw you i I caught a swarm at the hornsey historical society on an olive tree and it was only a very Mm. small swarm and my friend glenn at the pet shop he knocked on the door early in the morning and i was at work and uh, he said to Gloria, tell your mum there's a swarm on this olive tree at Hornsey Historical Society. Anyway, about in the afternoon, we were sitting in the garden when I got back from work and having a cup of tea, and she went, oh, Glenn said there was a swarm. He came round this morning. I thought, oh, blummin' neck, it's probably gone by now. Anyway, I went mm. up there with my wheelbarrow and my nuke, and it was still there in the little olive tree. Ooh. It was about waist height, So I knelt down and it was ever such a gentle swarm. I think I sort of got an idea it had been there for a couple of days because it seemed very, very still. And it was, mm, I I, I thought to myself, I had a bit of concern. I thought this is so calm, so still. I thought we need to get it home, give it some sugar and water, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and feed it up a bit. It was a very small swarm, so it was a secondary swarm. So that means the primary swarm has left with the mother queen. You know, that's been laying eggs in the colony. She flies off and that's the massive swarm usually. But this was a very small swarm, so it's a secondary swarm where there was a virgin queen inside. So I got it all sorted, brushed it into my box. It was ever so easy. And when I knelt up, I'd knelt in the biggest dog poo on the ground. Ooh. And um I was covered in <laughs> I was oh, no. and it was so funny because it was by a bus stop and everybody kept asking me what I was doing and I was and explaining did
1: you stink? <laughs> Yes stunk. Oh she was she was very pleasant but she did smell of dog Oh throat. it
0: did make me laugh. I thought blooming it something mm. always happens to me like that. Was that in your new suit in the given suit? It was it was in my new suit so anyway I managed to wash mm. it all off Mm. But there was lots of passers-by who asked me what I was doing, and there was one guy who reminded me a bit of your character, the Scottish Bonnie. Oh, yeah. Anyway, are they the fucking stripey bees that sting you? Are they the fucking stripey bees? Are they the soft, bumbly, round bees? Language, Timothy. It was ever so funny and and lively. Anyway, Mm. so I said to him, "They're honeybees, the ones that make honey that you put on your toes." And he went, "Oh, I like them bees. That's all right then." Do you think he was getting them mixed up with wasps? I think he was actually. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, but anyway, got them home, and I thought because of their sort of state, I thought I won't take them to the allotment. I'll just leave them on the back garden. Mm -hmm. and i'll just wait and see what emerges in the brood Mm -hmm. they were fine very you know i gave them some sugar and they've just been flying backwards and forwards and then the other day i opened the colony and i saw that the queen had started laying and i could just see some little eggs so it took about two weeks before the virgin queen mated and started laying eggs and now today just before i spoke to you i swapped them into a their own little hive
1: what were they in before so that
0: before they were in the polystyrene nuke all oh, right yeah 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 but yeah. but they filled it out completely wow. so quickly so quickly it was amazing i mean i did feed them, uh, gave them three sugar feeds because i thought they need a bit of help yeah and they had one frame of pollen that the Borstal bees, you know, when Brian took those, he left a couple. The Manx. The Manx. They left a couple of frames, you know, of goodness. So I put those mm. in, and so they just cracked on, and so now this morning they've got a new hive, and they're in the garden, which is really nice because they're just by the window, and I can see them going in and out, and they're ever so gentle. Oh. The
1: most... Are you going to keep them in the garden? <gasps> well, I would
0: like to, but I probably am just going to keep them until the end of the year and then when there's a cold mm. snap the first cold snap I probably will um, move them then I'm not sure what I'm gonna
1: do but why 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 would you move them when it's a cold snap because then they'll forget
0: where they are you know they, they won't come out for a couple of weeks if it's really cold all oh, right it's really hard to move bees because you know the allotments only up the road so I've got a couple of options one option is I could wait so I noticed about a week ago, that the Queen had started laying. Well, it takes three weeks for the worker bees to hatch. And mm-hmm. those bees, the, the bees that have been were in the swarm, by that stage will be approximately, at the very youngest, they're going to be five weeks old, but the oldest, they're going to mm-hmm. be six or seven weeks old. So as mm-hmm. those bees hatch, all the others, the flying bees now, will die. I mean, they're going to be dying off between now and then anyway. Right, yeah. So my window to move them to the allotment would be just as those workers hatch. Because remember, those workers come out and they do the cleaning and then they nurse the queen and the eggs. They don't actually go out flying. So if I took them up to the allotment at that point, then all the newly laid workers the newly hatched workers would just stay in the hive and Mm -hmm. by that stage we're probably gonna have very few flying bees so i'd have to make sure they've got some stores you know feed them up probably and then take them to the allotment
1: so it's all about timing then isn't it yeah yeah
0: yeah so i've just got to debate on whether i'm going to keep them in the garden you know to have this nice colony in the garden or probably it's best to move them back up so we'll just have to see.
1: Well, you're enjoying them in the garden. I wouldn't move them just yet. I know, that's what I feel like. You can see them doing their stuff, as yeah. long as they're happy and they're not defensive. They're ever such nice bees. They've got lots of forage around them, so and they're able to get it now, so they're not defensive, so they're not a threat to neighbours or anything like that. Mm. I'd leave them where they are for a bit.
0: Yeah. Well, I might do that then, Jane, because you are my beekeeping guru, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> And you know, I'm going to do so much, Esther. I like your uh, instinctive vibe. And, you know, I feel like that too. And I spoke to my neighbours because my garden's quite good because it's on all different levels. So they're not really flying into anyone's soup. You know, they're not in a beeline of anybody's way. No, no. I've been getting my shed built at the top of the garden, my little office shed. How's it going? Oh, yeah, it's going good. Mm. It's been brilliant. It's just me and Tom are just arguing now about who's going to work in it, me or him. I thought it was for you. Well, I thought it was for me as well, but now he's starting to get a bit annoyed with me because I'm going to have my own workspace.
1: But I thought that was the whole point. Then he could have his wires in the house, exactly. Uh, all his cables, and you could have a cable-free zone. Well, you know
0: what, Jane? That's what I thought. But oh my goodness me! Now he's started working. He's been doing a lot of work on it, and of course, he's starting to feel a bit annoyed by it now. That he, all right. a... He's possessive of it now. But he's got his bloody wires in every room. It's driving me mad. Mm. Anyway, he's turned Gloria's room into a studio now. So, anyway,s. Oh, God. Never mind. We'll get there. We'll
1: get there in the end. Are you going to paint the shed?
0: Yeah. So the outside of it is going to sort of disappear into the top of the garden and that's going to be covered in greenery. And I'm going to have it black, like the sort of Suffolk sussex barns
1: oh yes um, I know. Yeah. yeah
0: and then it's going to be all greened up so you, you hopefully after a couple of years you know it'll just be a lovely lovely greenery right. and it'll be really nice so what you're going to
1: put some <sighs> ivy on it or something
0: i'm going to have an evergreen clematis and a normal summer clematis Aren't lovely! Yeah. Um, and then i'm going to have mm. sort of trees a bit like have you ever been to Great Dixter? No. The garden. Oh, my God, Jane, it's so nice. Where's that? It's in East Sussex. You could go when you're down in Brighton. Oh, yeah. And it's the most beautiful garden. It was owned by this guy. I think he was an architect. Mm. And, you know, very creative and arty. And he just had this most amazing garden. And he it, it, it built this house. It was almost like a from the Elizabethan times Mm. and he built it up and it's the style of the garden is very loose and sort of arty and you know it's not formal in any way and honestly this garden is beautiful and outside the door they've got loads and loads of pots and you know of all different sizes and shapes and it looks really dreamy and I'm gonna go for that look oh no
1: Nice. And what about some jasmine on the shed as well? Oh yeah.
0: Well, that could be good. That'd be very nice. Well, and, yeah,
1: because it smells so gorgeous. Oh doesn't yeah.
0: It. But we should go to Great Dixa because it is so beautiful, Jane. Oh my God, that would be so
1: nice.
0: Why don't well, Why don't we do that? Yeah, we could. Why actually. don't we do that? Why don't we? Why don't we? Don't, why don't we, we? We Why don't we? Don't we? Why
1: just don't we? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyway, that's all the Bean Report. And what about you,
1: Rumpelstiltskin? Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin. (laughs) Rumpelstiltskin. Well, Rumpelstiltskin is a film. Mm. And it's a silent film. And it's been directed by Richard Jones, the fantastic theatre and opera director, who I've worked with four times now. And it's been made by the Ballet Boys. Um, So it's very special. So are you doing lots of ballet dancing? Oh, yes. I mean, Darcy Bustle, move over. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not. Oh, that's a bit
0: disappointing.
1: (laughs) I have one dance to do, Esther, and because I'm so uncoordinated, it's taken a long time for the moves to settle in.
0: Well, I do remember when we did our <laughs> dance, didn't we, in Hunting Venus? Do you remember? We had to do like a sort of robot dance and um, it took us quite a while. Oh, I yeah. thought you were very good at it as a remember. You were very good. Oh. Was that I... So,
1: yeah. Well, you've seen a picture of skin. Yes. Well, and I was you were quite impressed. You? picture. You did look like a little funny old man. Yes, yeah, a funny old man. We're kind of creating the music through the movement. It's not dance, it's movement, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful. when
0: you say it's not dance, it's movement, as Rumpel stiltskin then are you sort of going round though in a very stylized way
1: um well, no, our characters are all doing what they would do you know in a a, a normal natural situation, so mm. it's quite domestic. And Rumpelstiltskin, when he first appears, there's something that he wants. And, you know, he, he goes for that in a sort of normal way. You mm-hmm. know, he's a hermit. You know, he's been living in the woods for years and years and years. So he's very much of the land. And uh, I've been using some of your earth tips mm-hmm. with mushrooms and things like that. Ooh. So there, there are mushrooms involved in it. Oh, does he go around with a stick turning over leaves? He might do. We don't Mm. see that. Yeah. But he might do. That is something that he might do. Does he eat nuts? Well, he'd eat anything of the earth. I'm reading this book at the moment called Sapiens. Have you heard about it? Oh, I've
0: read it, yeah.
1: About the history of Sapiens, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just so interesting, you know, reading about the foragers and how amazingly fit they were. It said, you know, that they are fitter than the best athletes in the world.
0: Mm. Their fitness
1: levels were so much more superior and they didn't work all day. It was just like sort of for certain periods, but they Mm. were absolutely, completely in tune with their bodies and in tune with the earth and and what the earth could give. Mm. Um I think that's amazing. So he's sort of Rumplestiltskin he's sort of a bit like that, that that he's got very he's got great knowledge in a sort of paganesque way.
0: Ooh, I like the sound of him. He sounds very good. What period is he? What period is it set in? It's sort of um kind of 20s 30s. All right, then okay. So He's definitely not going to be a vegan or a vegetarian. He's going to be out foraging in the woods for whatever he can get, isn't he? So, yeah, he might find nettles. He might make nettle soup. He might even make a nettle shirt like uh, Vim and Omi do with all their uh, natural products. He's probably, yeah, he's probably Ooh. making his his shoes out of chestnut skin, isn't he? And his pants out of bumblebee pelt. Ooh. And, you know, he's got all these little materials that he's he's found. But... Probably dyes his clothes. Maybe that's where he dyes his, his tights. He gets the colchineal beetles <laughs> and he, 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 gr- he grinds them to a powder and he then he dyes his clothes. Are you still
1: hoping to see him in striped tights?
0: Well, I was really, yeah. Even if they're laddered, just as long as they're striped. They're not going to be, are they?
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like we've talked a lot about Rumpel. We've talked a lot about bumblebees. We've talked a lot about your swarm, your new swarm on your garden. we are not really talked about the Italians or the Buckfasts. Mm-hmm. Can you just fill me in a little bit on those?
0: Well, I think I mentioned that the, the Buckfasts are really prolific nectar gatherers and they are full on they must have collected every type of nectar in the whole of north london because they've got four (laughs) supers of honey and we've still got the lime to come the lime i don't know if you've noticed but the lime blossom it's out on the trees but it's not opened yet so i'm thinking in the next week it's going to start opening so I reckon I'll have to get another super on for that I could go up there now if you were here I could go up there and get you some frames of honey off It's all ready so we must do some honey spinning soon Sadly, I did check on the Italians Now, the Italians are still alive but they are the smallest cluster of bees and they are still going in their own funny little way wow. You know, the, the queen... Isn't any good. Do you remember? She was very, very small, and I think she just probably didn't lay enough eggs, and they never requeened her, and they had all the varroa mite and stuff. Mm. So, but they're still going in their own little way, and they're just tootling in and out. There's not many of them left, but they'll just you know carry on. Have they made any honey? No, because there's only about two hundred of them <laughs> in a little clump. They did have a bit of honey in their hive when Brian came and inspected them and said they have got a terrible varroa. There was a bit of food in there, so they've got food, but the Queen's just, you know, they're just not making... She's just not laying anything, really, and
1: they're just there. You wouldn't think of putting a different Queen in?
0: Well, it's too late now for that. They wouldn't survive. All right,
1: okay. I'm just letting them follow the natural course. And how is Brian going on with the Manx?
0: Well, I haven't heard from Brian because, you know, he's so busy now, obviously, because he's in the full... He's been killed by the (laughs) mugs. That's why you've not heard from him. (laughs) No. You know what? He said, uh, the last time I spoke to him, he said they'd settled in very nicely and were very busy. So
1: they're having a great
0: time. They've just cracked on with the work. So it's all good. And we'll probably get them back at the end of the season. Will you? Yeah. Oh, I thought they'd
1: gone forever.
0: Well, he's going to requeen them. Or what I was thinking is that because I've got this very nice queen in the garden, that's my other plan, you see. I was thinking at the end of the season, I could take the queen out of the book fasts and I could get rid of her and then just unite them with these bees I've got in the garden. And then they'll have a very nice, gentle queen for next spring. All right. Okay. I think that might be a good idea. Yeah. So it's all going good. So, um,.
1: You know they're just brilliant Tess.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's not so full on as other years because you know I've only got well I've got these three colonies. It's just nice to you know see them building up nicely. They're all very healthy and they're all doing the right thing. Brilliant Tess. That's wonderful. Wonderful. So I, ca- to hear. I can't wait for you to come and we'll get the honey off. I'd love that.
1: That was a, a, a fantastic update for the first episode of the fourth series, um, <laughs> and I'm just so so glad that, um, that all is well. It it, it it sounds like it's all so harmonious and wonderful. So well done.
0: Oh well, it really is, and it's just so nice to be back. And it's just great doing this podcast. I love it. So yeah, thanks, so do Jane. I, and so do I. You really are a special friend, and you are
1: too. Goodbye, Love lady. you lots. Love you, bye. Bye. Love you, bye. Bye. And I'll call you up whenever I'm feeling
0: down. Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton, Andy Goddard and John Wakefield and partly recorded at the Hives on my allotment near Crouch End in London. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy May Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from The Hive. Queen Bees is a hat-trick podcast. It
1: feels so
0: good just to have you around.